Hi, welcome to my podcast, Traumatic Transformations, where we help you find hope, peace, and purpose after a big life change or a traumatic event. I'm your host, Gunjani Patel, and I'm a licensed mental health therapist, trauma specialist, and a neuroscience nerd. Join me as I dive deep into resiliency, post-traumatic growth, and normalize mental health to reduce the stigma associated with it. In each episode, I plan to deliver science-backed, actionable tips and strategies so you can take back the control over your life and be inspired to be the best version of yourself with each day forward. So tune in every Tuesday for a featured guest and every Thursday for a solo episode with me, where we unpack mind, body, brain, and spirit connections related to each episode with the featured guest. Just a quick disclaimer before we begin today. The purpose of this podcast is to inform you, educate you, and raise your awareness. It is not intended to replace any medical advice or professional help seeking that you may need. So please use this information wisely and any opinion that I cast is not to replace any medical advice. And quickly before we start today, I just wanted to ask you a favor. If you like what you hear today, don't forget to subscribe so you never have to miss an episode. Thank you so much. And if you rate and review, it would really help us with the algorithms so people can easily search the show if they would like. So I would really love to hear your feedback and what you have to say uh, so I can bring you the content that's most fit for you. Thank you so much. Hello, welcome to another episode of Traumatic Transformations. In this podcast, as you noticed, I had a conversation with John Michael Lander this week, and I am here to help just share some of my experience, um, statistics, neuroscience behind sexual assault, and stats, and what you can do and we as society can do. A lot of time, my goal for this podcast was to bring up big, bold topics that we don't tend to normally as a society discuss, talk about, um, either because of denial, because of just our culture, sometimes ignorance that this cannot happen to us um, or this won't happen to us. So let's deal with it, you know, when we get there or um, we don't know what to do with our big feelings when they come up, uh, as they come up when it relates to certain topics that are associated with mental health. And I really wanted to um, do my best to raise mental health uh, awareness around this, educate people, inform people, so we as society can not just know what to do if and when it happens, but prevent certain things that maybe we can and are capable of preventing. Because you know how I'm so big on epigenetics and intergenerational trauma. And I think when we're more informed, we can educate our children, we can prepare them, and you know we can help raise more conscious generation that are more aware. Because emotions happen, big bad things happen, they happen to a lot of us. We just don't talk about it because of the stigma associated with it. And the stigma happens because we as society and as community are not more cohesive or informed and educated when it comes to mental health. So I really wanted to bring some of these hardcore topics that are um, not that much talked about. So I wanted to start today by 
giving you some context related in terms of statistics when it comes to sexual assault. So it gives you a context of why this topic is so important, why living in ignorance and denial as if this cannot happen to your child and um, won't serve you or them if it ever happens. Because we think, oh, people are not talking about it, so it's not happening. But here is some. Here are some stats that can really um, help you set context as if, as in, why this is important. So every and being, you know, my specialty and being a trauma specialist and having been through this uh, journey uh, and this, this, uh, uh, what do I want to call it? Through this experience in my own life, I find it really imperative that I raise awareness around this. And I feel very passionately about helping others and helping children, um, especially the adolescents uh, and the Gen Zs and generation, because they're becoming more aware. They're open to more mental health. They are, you know, more educated or being becoming more informed through the social media outlets. So I really think that, you know, we need to discuss this and talk about some of these things. Um, so here we go. Um, I, I wanted to start and I got some of my statistics from RAIN, R-A-I-N-N.org. And I also research UN, United Nations, and WHO, World Health Organization statistics from, for around the world. I'm going to mention mostly United States right now because one of the things that struck with me was that if this is happening in a very developed so-called country um, and where we live now, where I live right now, um, I'm sure that this is also happening and through my research, you know, around the world and across gl the globe. But it is just a topic, like I mentioned earlier, that is so sexually uh, or so tabooed that we don't discuss some of these things when they're happening as they're happening and it can have detrimental effects on the lives of some of the people who are going through it and the families um, that are going through it, you know. So I really think it's important that we discuss these things. So every 73 seconds, an American is sexually assaulted. And every nine minutes, that victim is a child. Meanwhile, only five out of every thousand perpetrators will end up in prison. 60,000 children were victims of substantiated or indicated sex, sexual abuse. 433,000 plus Americans, 12 and older, were sexually assaulted or raped. 18,900 experienced military members experienced unwanted sexual contact. And when I talk about sexual assault, to me, that represents that somebody touching you without your consent, without your will, whether you are intoxicated, whether you are completely stable, whether you are not stable, whether you are, the idea, it doesn't matter what state you are in. The idea is that if you did not give consent, even if you are married, you can go through rape and sexual assault if it wasn't your consent or you were not into it. So I think it's really important to talk about this because um, there's a lot of blurred lines around this um, and, you know, to, to set this in context. So one out of every six American women have been victim of an attempted or a completed rape in their lifetime. 
About 3% of American men, or 1 in 33, have experienced an attempted or completed rape in their lifetime. Uh, from 2009 through 2013, Child Protective Services Agency substantiated or found strong evidence to indicate that 63,000 children a year were victims of sexual abuse. A majority of child victims are 12 to 17 years old. Of victims under the age of 18, 34% of victims of sexual assault and rape are under age of 12 years old. And 66% of victims of sexual assault and rape are age 12 through 17 years old. Nine out of every 10 victims of rape are female and 10% are male, which is 17.7 million American women as of 1998 and 2.78 million American men as of 1998, which is what, 20 years ago. So to set this in context, I think it's really important that we keep in mind that it, it's not your gender that proves you from this experience. Men go through it just as much as women do. 90% of my practice, which I specialize in depression, anxiety, trauma, grief, and loss, at some point when I am performing EMDR therapy, and at some point I will explain to you all what that means, and it's an amazing, amazing treatment that I find to be very helpful for 100% of my, I mean, 95% of my clients um, when I use it with them with their consent. And they, uh, I found that it absolutely, absolutely, absolutely does wonders in terms of neutralizing some of the havoc that, you know, this experience can have in your body, mind, brain, and spirit. Um, so 90% of my patients at some point have gone through, you know, sexual abuse. So it's really important to keep this in context as to what, if, what this could mean for people who have been through it, what we as a society need to do in order to help people who have gone through it, um, and even though you can't treat it, it's important to be trauma-informed, I believe, because it can help your families. If there are so many people going through it, it can. if you know more about this, it can help them. 98% of the time, people are related to people who have been through this. So let that sink in. Majority of sexual assaults occur at or near victims' homes. 55% at or near victims' home. 48% were sleeping or performing another activity at home. 15% were in a public space. 29% were traveling to and from work or school or traveling to shop or run errands. 12% were working or at relatives or near or their relatives' homes. Seven were attending school. Five were doing an unknown or other activity. So 10% were in an enclosed space such as public area or a parking lot or a garage and 8% on school property. So this should tell you something. What does that mean for you as a parent? What does that mean for you as a relative of someone who has been through it? What does this mean for you as someone who has been through it but has not been able to voice this? So uh, one of the things that I wanted to focus on was one of the things that happens after this experience has happened at some point in your life, in your childhood, in your relationship, in your 
marriage, in any of it, well, at school or any phase that you were in, most of the time, this experience looks very different for different people. Most of the time, or sometimes, you know, I, I find that people just tend to bury this experience and it you just hope that it goes away. Unfortunately, to be a bearer of the bad news, it compounds over time and gets worse until it's treated. Sometimes people repress it and it comes, you know, it's triggered when certain things in life happen. And certain times it's there and there are other experiences that happen that leaves you with the same feeling of powerlessness, helplessness, worthlessness, feelings of not good enough, feelings of unlovable, all these deep subconscious emotions that you just can't think yourself way out of. Just like I'm very big on trauma is lies in the eye of the beholder. This experience looks very different for each for each person who have experienced it. And you there's not enough thinking that you can do in order to think yourself out of this. So it's really important that I'm going to share some tips and strategies that you as a person can do if someone confides in you if they've been through this experience. Some men who have survived sexual assault as adults feel shame or self-doubt, believing that they should have been strong enough to fight off the perpetrator. Many men who experienced an erection or ejaculation during the assault may be confused and wonder what this means. Men who are sexually abused as boys or teens may also respond differently than men who are sexually assaulted as adults. The following list includes some of the common experiences shared by men and boys who have survived sexual assault. It is not a complete list and its effects are the same for, like I mentioned earlier, men and boys and girls and women. Very similar, You're, I don't expect you to be a specialist in this, but I, I, I would want and hope that through this podcast, you're at least open to holding space and not deny and not minimize and not invalidate some of the feelings that people really feel as a result of these experiences. It doesn't have to be just, you know, hardcore rape for people to understand that this experience causes just as damage to someone who has been touched without without their consent. It, the, the different terms we used in my experience is sexual molestation, sexual assault, sexual violence, sexual rape. Um, the term is of irrelevance in this context of this podcast. When we are in therapy, it, it takes a whole new meaning and there's all the science and research behind it. But for this short blip of 40, 25 minutes that I plan to be with you, I really need you to understand the depth of the experience of someone touching you without your consent. Um, and some of the feelings that people feel as a result of this is anxiety, depression, post-traumatic stress disorder, flashbacks, eating disorders, avoiding people or places that remind you of the assault or abuse, concerns or questions about sexual orientation, fear of the worst happening and having a sense of a shortened future, feeling like less of a man if you were a boy or a man who, who went through this, or that you no longer have control over your own body, feeling on edge, being unable to relax, and having difficulty sleeping, sense of blame or shame over not being able to stop the assault or abuse, especially if you experience an erection or ejaculation. 
withdrawal from relationships or friendships and an increased sense of isolation, worrying about disclosing for fear of judgment or disbelief. So one of the things that I wanted to mention and that point is very important is that you know for so for someone who has experienced this and listening to this podcast notice that you know the PTSD can start either right away for certain people and for certain people it's buried for years and years and years and it comes up later on in life like I said because it compounds at some point of your life it'll catch up to you either through physical ailment if untreated either through certain emotional um, imbalances in your brain through anxiety depression suicidal ideation whatever it may be for you it looks different for different people but the point of importance is that a lot of times in society we believe that oh you know when certain somebody has been through this and they talk to other people about it later on in their lives people tend to have this misconception that hey, you didn't talk about this for years. So one of the things to not do, and this is where I'm going to talk about some of the strategies and things that you should keep in mind when you're trying to help someone or if you want them to open up about things. I'm not saying, you know, go out there and plaster this on your social media. The idea of this podcast is to help people just be aware, educated, and seek help if it was you to get to come to a place of complete healing because that also is possible. And you don't have to suffer through this for the rest of your life if you're still in the midst of your journey. So one of the worst things that people can do is not to believe and minimize that this even happened. And that's one of the biggest things that people have a hard time sharing with people, especially if they're related to someone in their families is the huge sense of shame and just fear of people having judgment of them of them as if it was their fault that they even had a vagina or had a penis that you know um things happened to them so it's just really sad because i i just really just would encourage you to be compassionate and believe the person nobody ever wants this to happen to them let me tell you and nobody when it happens to them um enjoys it or just brings it up just for the kick of it to ruin someone else's life it's real always take it with a grain of salt um even if you don't believe it it is real nobody tends to make these things up if this is the stats and this is just reported stats so a lot of people don't report these things just out of the exact very fear of shame and disbelief this is the last thing that you want because it re-traumatizes someone who's gone through it when someone doesn't believe them so just keep that in mind one of the other things that you can do is listen when people are in crisis and when they feel that no one understands them or or takes them seriously all they want is to have given an undivided attention and just heard. It is such, such, such a big part of a healing journey of someone. It is hard for many survivors to disclose assault or abuse, especially if they fear not being believed because of the stereotypes, because of, about masculinity, if there are men going through it, if there are women, you know, when if there, there's a lot of times people will just dismiss because they were children and they will just say, hey, you don't remember things. No, they remember these things. When it happens to you, when this experience happens to you, it breaks your spirit. You remember these things. So don't ever take that for granted. Just listen. Um, one of the other things that you can do is provide support 
however that looks like for them. At this point, it's not about you. It's not about you didn't go through it, so there is no need for your two cents in this entire experience and trying to dismiss what the other person was feeling. And you you can cause more delay and harm in, in delaying the healing process and more harm to the person who is going through it. So just make sure that you provide them the support, whatever they, that looks like for that person, whether it's, you know, talking to the family about it, you know, getting them help that they need. Instead of stepping in and trying to fix the problem, try to just listen, validate their feelings. Instead of saying things like, you know, snap out of it or you shouldn't feel so bad, it'll get better with time. Say things like, I believe you, or that sounds like a really hard thing to have gone through. I am so sorry that you had to go through this. I love you. I want to be there for you. I will do anything that you want from me. And I am really sorry that you had to go through this. Express concern. Tell them that you care about them. Tell them that you are there for them. That's really important and it can really be such a healing, big part of their healing journey. Process your own big feelings such as anger, grief, disappointment, rage, sadness with someone um, after because there is also a concept of vicarious trauma and when as a family member you go through this with some someone who is close to you, that can have effects on you too. You also have emotions. You might not have gone through it, but you feel and internalize all of these things as a result of someone close to you or dear to you who went through it. So recognize that you too have feelings about it, but do not try to fix their problems based on your feelings. Deal with your feelings with someone else who can help you through it and talk about it. Do not suppress it. Do not uh, resist it because those feelings are very valid as well. One of the other things that I also would like you to do is just listen with no judgments and no sympathy. People going through it don't want to be felt pitied. We, we, we already do harsh judgments and we beat ourselves up enough through that process. And the last thing we want from people is for people to feel pity for people who are going through it. So just empathize, try to put yourself in their shoes and be there for them, care, listen with concern. However, you, one of the things that you can do is also not ask them details about the whole experience. The more details you ask for yourself, if the person wants to express it to you, great. If not, it's not your place to know all the details that happened um, through the experience. You know, when people want to do rape kits in the hospital, after certain things happen, they have to continue to tell the story and feel these feelings and feel this darkness over and over and over, that can be very traumatizing to someone who is not ready to just waste all the details. So to step back and avoid not wanting to know everything for you to, there's nothing that you will be able to do at this point or go back to. So it's not about you, it's about the person who's gone through it and recognize and notice that. One of the other things that you can do is provide appropriate resources. There may be, you know, you can ask the person who's gone through it to get professional help. If they refuse and are not ready, do not push it. Be empathetic and mention that, you know what, I will be here for you to help you any access access to any professional help, help you research, 
whatever you need if they need to you know if you can buy them memoirs if they're into you know reading or listening to podcasts there are so many different podcasts that actually focus on these things there are so many amazing writers who have been through this experience themselves and now talk about it there are TEDx talks about this John the person that I interviewed John is a TEDx speaker. Um, there are so many different outlets and healing avenues and journeys. As much as I want everybody to be in therapy and you know want everybody to seek help, I know that therapy is always not the right experience for everyone. Um, so they can try it if it doesn't work. You know, one of the one of the things that I help people with is EMDR therapy, and at some point I will tell you the details of it. You can go on my website, gpatelcounseling.com forward slash EMDR, and learn and read more about it. But it's absolutely very evidence based treatment for also treating sexual assault or sexual. Uh, experiences and abuses so that's something that I recommend to people but if they're not ready for it if they don't have access for it if they can one of the other things that work is also subconscious reprogramming hypnotherapy writing books about it um, starting a community or joining or finding a community of people who've been through this experience and you know one day um, aligning with people whatever it is that you need uh, in terms of support, in terms of wanting to be heard, in terms of your healing journey is what's most important. So I think I, I since I wanted to keep this short, but this topic is very close to my heart and I just want to literally shout out about this on top of my roof and, you know, want everybody to learn and be educated so we can help more children not going through this, you know, and people who've already been through this. One of the things that I'm very big on, even in my with my own child who is two and a half, is we teach him what good touch and what bad touch is. Even if he's two and a half, it you could never not start early enough, you know. Just because we tend to ignore or just because we think it won't happen to us doesn't mean what it won't happen to us. One of the things that I would like to encourage men of girls is to know that, you know, the culture and the language that you use around the house with this, you know, a lot of times I, I, uh, I'm just going to leave you with this one last thought. When I was graduating in North Dakota, there was a speaker that came and talked about his sister had been raped and she died uh, at some point of her life because of that experience and he went around the country speaking about it his name was Mike I can recall his last name but one of the things was he he was teaching youth and you know people in high school about sex education the consent the sexual abuse the not so g-rated version of sex and you know what touch looks like and feels like and one of the things that he talked about was if the culture for men is that and when their daughters go to prom or you know when they go out by someone and they say if you even try to kill her or if you even try to touch her I will kill you I will have my gun ready when you use that kind of language guess who's the last person she's gonna come to if something happens to her let that sink in one of the things that's important is to there are certain things that happen in our life that we're not ready for but we need to figure out a way to be emotionally intelligent, recognize what's happening in terms of our emotions so we can intelligently manage them without exploding or blowing up or causing more harm and damage to someone who's already going through a lot of harm. So hope, I really hope that this was helpful and that this makes a difference in 
your level of awareness and together, hopefully we can reduce the stigma that is associated around this. Um, I always love hearing from you. So please write to me at gpatel at gpatelcounseling.com or rate and review this show. I love, 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 and can help other people also find us and, you know, plug in if they need to do gain awareness about where to get help, what to do, how important this is. So please share this with your friends and family um, so we can teach our children what good touch is, what bad touch is, and we can stay open-minded and, you know, they can come to us if they need help early enough so that they don't have to wait for so long in order to get the help that they need. So in the trauma world, we believe that the faster you get the help, the better. But sometimes people are not ready and that's okay too. But just knowing how to react and not further cause damage is more important than the trauma itself. So I really think that you can keep an open mind, be more informed and help other people um, through their journeys of healing. So thank you so much for tuning in and I will have everything on the show notes here. So hope you're subscribing to the next episode um, and I will see you next time. Thank you so much for all your support and love.